So what are we doing today? <laughs> so I have a really good uh, intro, I think, for the show. Cool. Howdy! No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is it Five Will Goes West? Welcome to Best Boys Deep Dive! <laughs> no, it's not Five Will Goes West. Call me Stan! Call me Stan! <laughs> uh, okay, no, for real... Hello, everyone, and welcome to Best Boys Deep Dive, our passion project, both literally and figuratively. I am your host for this evening, Jesse. And I'm the other one for today, Leo. <laughs> Great. So, it, it's... I'm the temporary other one. It's been a hot second um, since we last recorded our most recent episode. Um, and since uh, we wrapped that last episode, uh, I've, been, I've been teasing Leo with the what the topic of this episode oh yeah i have no idea what it is today yeah because i wanted to it was originally going to be the emperor's new groove as we established last time yes and yes we mentioned that. that but then i saw a youtube video that changed my it, it changed it, it got got me thinking about it changed it my life you can admit it it changed your life jesse i don't know if it i don't know if i would go that far but <laughs> it definitely like it, it definitely like it illuminated me um is that whatever close enough sure in enlightened i think it yeah. would be a better term it, it, but it, sure it definitely gave me like an idea it made me more curious to to dive a bit further into this uh the original video uh for the for y'all if you want to like check it out uh it's mr sunday movies uh it's titled the lost toy story sequel interesting okay but we will we'll get to that there's a lot of backstory uh that i, I want to get through first uh and a lot of tangential like side things uh that are so we're not discussing like one movie like throughout it's basically like entirely production history it's entirely production history cool okay that sounds for interesting some things that uh it, it's sort of a, a recap of an era in disney's history where maybe they maybe they weren't doing so hot and maybe they made a lot of bad decisions and maybe ah. the bad decisions were all the fault of one singular man <gasps> Ooh, drama so maybe this okay is, maybe this episode's a bit of a call-out post but we'll okay we'll get to that it's walter himself <laughs> rot he came rot back walter he came back and just drove disney into the fucking ground could you imagine he just rises from they, the dead they pull like the frozen head out and he's like hmm you know what we need Four more Black Cauldron sequels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what he sounded like. <laughs> why do? You, why are you doing? Why does he sound like Alan Rickman? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mr. Potter. <laughs> mm, this is how you make the Polyjuice potion. Mm. We must I am make a frozen head. <laughs> we must add a eighth dwarf. <laughs> We shall name him Droopy. That's right. Oh. The, eight, the eighth dwarf is Droopy Dog. Oh, that's horrible. It took me as like that pause was because I genuinely forgot how many dwarves there were. Yeah. We will add 17 more dwarves. <laughs> 
He just steals all of the dwarf characters from Lord of the Rings. Like, these are ours now. <laughs> this is our new dwarf, Bormir. <laughs> is that even a dwarf? I don't think it is. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think he's I think he's either a human or an elf. I know nothing about Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I, like, either. don't care about Lord of the Rings at all. Is it, is um, Bormir might be Sean Bean, who is decidedly not a dwarf. Scene Bean. I know... <laughs> scene Bean? <laughs> I know, uh, Oin, Gloin, Keely, Keely, Beefer, Bofer, Bomber, uh, Thorin. These are dwarf names. Are okay? These are real. These are real. These are real. Okay. These are real. Real. These are, these were all characters in The Hobbit, which I did read, actually. Is Tom Bombadil actually... a hobbit, or is he a dwarf? I have no idea. I think he's a hobbit. Is he, Tom Bombadil's the one that everyone hates, right? I don't know! I don't know anything about Lord of the Rings! All I know is, like, I hear people complaining about Tom Bombadil being the worst part of The Hobbit. I know, I know about, I don't think, I don't care. It's whatever. I have no idea. (laughs) I read The Hobbit in high school. I watched the first Hobbit movie and then nothing else Lord of the Rings related. Leave your, leave your Hobbit thoughts in the comments below. (laughs) Do not leave your Hobbit thoughts in the comments. I do not care and will not read them. <laughs> I'll, I'll maybe read them. I don't know. I'm going to get incinerated by everybody wanting me to watch Lord of the Rings, but I just yeah, don't God. like fantasy that much. I could like fantasy, and I could like the Lord of the Rings. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Uh, well, I like low fantasy. I don't not, like high fantasy. Yeah, that's not true, actually. I did watch the first one. I was like, this is good, and then I never went back. <laughs> this is good. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I did the same thing with Game of Thrones, and I think I dodged a bullet there, if I'm honest. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. Uh, anyway. <laughs> some backstory. Some backstory to get uh, to start us off. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but Pixar uh, was formed in 1979 as the Graphics Group, which was a computer and special effects team at Lucasfilms. So, I did know that, actually. So, yeah, I did George know that. George Lucas basically created pixar uh as like i think they were computer and special effects like i think they they built a computer which i think was called the pixar uh that's fun i like that a really cool name for a computer honestly yeah that's dope as shit right (laughs) um and so eventually uh years pass and george lucas eventually sells pixar to a company called next uh it's spelled capital n lowercase e Capital X, capital T. That sounds like a Homestuck typing quirk. <laughs> yeah, uh, this was 1986. The person who uh, owned and founded Next was Steve Jobs. Oh no! So Steve Jobs. This was after. This was after and before uh, Steve Jobs was the CEO of Apple. Okay. So he left Apple and then he he made Next and bought Pixar and then he went back to Apple years later. And then he was like, yeah, fuck this. I want to work with phones again. Yeah, all right, fine. I guess I'll make an iPod Touch. Uh. <laughs> fine. Whatever. So, yeah, uh, Steve Jobs, until his death, was the primary investor and chairman at Pixar, which is absolutely bonkers to me. That is really funny. I it's, didn't know that. It's crazy to think that the iPod guy, it, like, was the chairman of Pixar. It's, like, crazy to me how, like, literally every company is connected in some way. It's yeah. ridiculous. And it's crazy that, like, Lucasfilm created Pixar, and then years later, both of those divisions would be owned by Disney. Like, 
they would be bought at different times. I hate this so much. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get oh. really mad by the oh. end of this deep dive episode. <laughs> oh, just you wait. <laughs> I'm gonna be so mad. There's have you seen like have you seen that infographic? It's like the what Disney owns, and it's like the Mickey Mouse head, and it's all of these different things. It's yeah. horrifying. Uh huh. Like with the recent acquisition of Fox, Rio, uh. Ice Age, uh, Epic, are all Disney animated movies now. Every Blue Sky movie is Disney. I think that means that, um, I might be wrong on this, I think uh, Horton, me- me- Horton Hears a Who is also Disney now. Horton Meets a Who? <laughs> Horton Meets a Who. Hello. That's it. That's <laughs> the movie. <laughs> oh, nice to meet you. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> You know um, what? I remember Horton Hears a Who actually being like a pretty fun movie to watch. Don't know if it holds up, but the, I enjoyed it as a kid. The only thing I remember about it is the ending where they all sing I Can't Fight This Feeling Anymore by Ario Speedwagon. Yes, and I loved it. It was I like, just I like, out of nowhere. I can't fight this feeling anymore. No, I like legit loved that song a lot because my mom played it and I listened uh-huh. to a lot of the same music that my mom listened to at the time because I hadn't really discovered my own music yet. And like, I knew that song and when they did that, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, Ario <laughs> Speedwagon. I was like 12. Yeah, I was like, I was like 11 or whatever and I was like, this is so out of nowhere and weird. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's oh, going man. on. Oh man, I I like really enjoyed it. I'm glad you did. <laughs> um... So, 1986, uh, Luxo Jr. is released. That's the that's the short film with the uh, the the lamp, the lamp and the ball. Yeah, we watched that in my stop motion class, and yeah. then we had to animate our own lamp. Oh, that's cute. For an assignment, yeah, it was cute. It was like pretty fun, actually. Yeah. I love. I I remember always thinking that the short was kind of sad because he he pops the ball and he's kind of sad yeah. about it. I always thought that was very sad. <laughs> Poor thing. Um. But, but then there's a big one. There's a big one, yeah. Um, it's also worth noting that I've recently been playing Lego The Incredibles, and you can, <laughs> in fact, play as Luxo Jr. in Lego The Incredibles. He's an unlockable which is, character. Which is, like, the best part of the entire game. He's so cute. Yeah. Um, He's just, like, a fun little character. In 1987, the year after Red's Dream was released, which I would argue is a much sadder short film. <laughs> That's the one with the, it's a red unicycle at a bicycle shop, and he's, like, lonely, and he dreams of, like, being in a circus or whatever and, like, entertaining people, but then he, like, wakes up from his dream and realizes he's still in the bicycle shop, and he's, like, sad, and he goes into the corner, and the short ends. (laughs) What? Oh my god! It's so sad! Oh my god, that's the worst! I would cry! It's so depressing, yeah. This poor unicycle, put him in a circus! Put him in a circus. He deserves it. Um, both of these, both of these shorts were nominated for uh, best animated uh, short, but neither of them won. It wasn't until 1988, uh, their third short film in as many years, uh, the release of Tin Toy, uh, which is oh. the one that was included on the Toy Story VHS uh, back in the day. The one that was just so ugly it's it has aged like milk <laughs> yeah especially baby, the baby oh the animation for that baby is the worst thing 
the, like, ever. The, the humans in Toy Story do not look good by today's standards, but the baby in Toy Story looks infinitely better than the baby <laughs> in Tin Toy. Yeah, good lord. <laughs> Molly, Molly looks like an an angel compared to the yeah, beast like, that was in Tin Toy. I'm gonna look up a picture of this horrible baby. Give me a sec. <laughs> I need awful. to refresh. I need to refresh my memory. Tin yeah. Toy Baby. Yeah, it's like the third search option. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's pretty bad, right? <laughs> oh, the face. It's it like wrinkles. Worst. Yeah. It's so bad. It's like it's trying way too hard to make it like almost lifelike by adding <laughs> in all the all the wrinkles and creases and I think the I might be remembering this wrong. I think the baby has crow's feet. <laughs> it kind of does. It looks like weirdly old. <laughs> it's an old baby. <laughs> um It's like any painting of the baby Jesus from the Renaissance period of like <laughs> art. So here's the thing. This one is the one that won them the Oscar. This was Pixar's first Oscar was Tin Toy. Um, what? Yeah. Over Luxo Jr. Not... and Red Stream. Oh my god, that's bullshit. <laughs> art, you know what? Art was dead before all of this, like, mega corporation bullshit happened, and that's proof. <laughs> and, it, and apparently the Oscars were always garbage. <laughs> this is oh, proof. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so, th uh, this movie was really, or not movie, short, was really well regarded, uh, like, all over the place in the industry, and Disney, uh, Disney was, uh, the animation division and a lot of the company, I'm not sure how much exactly, Jeffrey Katzenberg was, a, a head honcho over at Disney at the time, and he was, uh, trying to bring Disney back to its former glory, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because they were just getting out of the dark ages, uh, and he was like, hey, let's go back to, like, making really good movies that do well and people like. <laughs> he had the radical idea of, hey, let's make good movies. <laughs> Obviously, there were good movies released in that era, um, but <laughs> it was also the era that Disney was doing really poorly. Um, and so he goes to Pixar and is like, hey, Tin Toy really good make another one of those with a similar premise we'll give you the budget money uh we'll distribute it and we'll like split the profit in a way that is really good for us but you'll get some of the profit you know you'll get exposure yeah it, it's a it's a bit of a shifty deal but you know pixar is a a, a, a much it's not what it is today at this Absolutely. point. So it's, they're like, it's, sure. It's a, it's a baby, if you will. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, you haven't <laughs> been checking the chat, it seems. Oh, yeah, I, I, uh, I have not. Let me, let me see what's going on in here. Uh, oh, oh, it's, <laughs> it's worse than I remember. Oh. It's so bad. I just oh, sent, for those of you at home... I just, like, spammed Jesse with, like, five or six pictures of this horrible baby from the Tin Toy short. It's, like, he's, like, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. He's, like, he's built like a Dorito. 
But like, like upside his, down. Upside down, yeah. Like he's got like his chest his is like ch- really narrow. Yeah. And his nipples are very pointy. They really are. As like, is his belly button. Yeah, Audis are the worst. Yeah, and his oh his his legs are so chunky. The his, diaper just like doesn't work. The diaper is like a solid like a concrete block. <laughs> I think I don't Oh my god. <laughs> I want the, the freckles first are really bad too. There's freckles? I can't even tell. I can tell on like the third one you sent. Uh like there there are freckles on it and it looks real bad. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, also I just wanted to are, the feet are like flat. Like it is as yeah. flat as like a, a a wooded board. <laughs> you know though, like the rendering of like the couches and like the Oh yeah, the, the backgrounds and the toys and whatever, they look great. The lighting and the shadows are like really oh, good. God, yeah. Like I'm like really impressed, the... honestly. Oh god, the baby has like almost like a, a smushed head. It would yeah. seem like there's a bit where like it looks like it has a dent. It looks like it was modeled with clay. <laughs> yeah, honestly though, the the toy from from the pictures that I was looking through, the toy itself doesn't hold up super great either. To uh, be honest, yeah. his, his his facial expressions look very strange. Mm. Uh, this would all be fixed uh, with their next with with their first feature film, uh, the first ever feature film to be not uh to be uh to be released yeah, that was fully cg animated um also uh luxo jr i forgot to mention was the first ever anything released that was entirely cgi uh cool it was that and then it was the music video for money or nothing uh by dire straits <laughs> i am curious not to be transformers on main but i'm curious <laughs> about beast wars because I, that was also like a cgi a very early cgi tv show it wasn't the first one because reboot was the first one. yeah i think reboot was early 90s i think oh yeah beast wars came out in if i remember correctly 1996 because it came okay. out a year before i was born <laughs> um so pixar goes and goes ahead and makes toy story which is released in 1995, a full, what is that, seven years after uh, the after the release of Tin Toy. So it took them a while to, to make this, but... Which, like, fair, honestly. Yeah, it was their first ever movie. It was the first ever movie of, of this style. Um, it was directed by John Lasseter, who had directed uh, Luxo Jr., Redstream, and Tin Toy. Uh, and, and it was a huge, 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 huge success. Um... It was nominated for three Oscars for best uh, for best song for You Got a Friend in Me, best score, cool. and best screenplay, uh, and it won a special achievement award uh, for being the first ever uh, CG animated uh, movie, which is that's really like, cool. That's really cool. Yeah, like yeah. and honestly, I haven't seen it in a while. I'm sure the animation doesn't hold up as well, but like, it's fine. Yeah, and, like, it's Honestly. really funny. Like, it's a very funny, well-written movie. Yeah, um, I remember the humor in it being really good. Yeah, it was co-written by Joss Whedon, which uh, is also a weird <laughs> weird fact. That is weird, that is weird. It was around the time I think he was working on Buffy. Uh, 
That's funny. Yeah. Uh, in any event, uh, it was the highest grossing domestic film of 1995, beating out Batman Forever, Pocahontas, Casper, Damn. Waterworld, and Apollo 13, which was a, the other Tom Hanks movie <laughs> released in yeah. 1995. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, against a $30 million budget, a $30 million budget, it made $350 million worldwide in its wow. initial release. And three hundred and seventy-three million, accounting for its re-releases over the years. Man, like it sucks that Pixar and Disney are so like. They're huge. Yeah. They're huge because like I can't really feel proud of them. Yeah. Because like. I mean, I kind of feel proud for Pixar because it Disney gave them the resources to do it, but Pixar made the thing. That's true. And, like, I'm happy for, like, the people that worked on it. Like, that's super dope. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I just, uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, like, knowing that it's gonna, like, Disney and Pixar are, like, these huge, like, entities that have basically just, like, they own Hollywood. They yeah. own, like, movie making. And, like, Disney, like, owns animation, basically. Yeah, completely. Which is what, we've talked about this, but that's why I, like, don't give a shit whenever like a new disney or pixar movie comes out and they're like oh shit check out how good this animation is of course it's gonna look great like they have all the resources in the world like their ceo is probably richer than god like of course (laughs) of course it's gonna look good of course that cat looks like a real fucking cat it's disney yeah i mean it's not impressive anymore it's just like oh god okay i mean the their their boss was richer than god he was steve jobs yeah god <laughs> um it's also one of the few movies that has a 100 percent approval rating on rotten tomatoes um that's worth noting i, I think uh, yeah that's cool because most disney movies don't have 100 percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> i feel like most movies don't have 100 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah it's it's this jaws and toy story 2 <laughs> Or, like, wow. the only three I can think of off the top of my head. Wasn't there one that was, like, that did really well on Rotten Tomatoes, like, surprisingly? Oh, it was Paddington 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, like, a 95 or 99 or something. It was, like, like really high. It yeah. was, like, a really high percentage. That's really funny. Get Out was at 100 for a really long time, too, until, like, one reviewer came in and was like, hmm, it's okay, I guess. And then <laughs> just Great. brought it down to a 99. I think the same Thanks. thing happened. The same thing, I think, happened to Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, in any event, uh, after the film's success, uh, Disney made a deal with Pixar uh, to produce five films that Disney will distribute. Uh, and this is where we get A Bug's Life and, uh, Toy, and Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Incredibles, Finding Nemo, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, like, I think those are very much considered to be, like, the Pixar movies. Yeah, Here's where things started to go downhill. Oh, great. <laughs> so Jeffrey Katzenberg, uh, he's a head creative at Disney uh, and the president of the Disney company. Uh, he's the guy who brought Pixar on board in the first place and started the Disney renaissance. Uh, there was some tensions brewing between him, the CEO of Disney, Michael Eisner, uh, and the vice president of Disney, uh, Roy Disney. The Mr. Nep- Roy. Mr. Roy, the, the nephew of, uh, of... Walt. Of Walter. Good old Uncle Walt. Oh, Walter Disney. Walter Disney, yeah. Um, so, Katzenberg, Eisner, and Disney, there was a weird sort of back and forth of... Katzenberg wanted a position, 
uh, once a vacancy would be available, and Eisner said sure. And then when the vacancy was available, Eisner took the position himself. Yeah. And then Disney didn't like Katzenberg for whatever reason, possibly because he's Jewish. Uh, yeah, Roy Disney specifically? Or, like, yes. Disney as the company. Okay, uh, so that dude. Yeah, Roy, Roy personally uh, did okay. not like Katzenberg. Uh, and Eisner eventually sided with Disney, basically deciding that he was taking too much credit for the Disney renaissance, which he kind of deserved because it was his idea. But okay. Um, so, you mentioned that, and I wanted to bring up somebody else that um, I thought of while we were... We talked about this, like, kind of briefly a couple uh-huh. of days ago. Um kind of almost like a test run of this topic (laughs) do do you know anything in your research about howard ashman like did he pop up at all um he didn't pop up but i know the name he did a lot of stuff with alan macon on the disney renaissance musicals right yes he was the guy um from what i understand i haven't read about him like too in depth but from what i understand about his career he was a playwright and he worked with like broadway as far as Mm -hmm. i can tell and he was gay, and he, um, he, like, uh, he was the, he was in charge of, like, the musical score and, like, the way that the script was handled for, like, stories and movies like Beauty and the Beast and, like, The Little Mermaid, and, um, he's basically the one that had the idea of, you know how in Sleeping Beauty they have musical numbers, but it doesn't really advance the plot? Uh Uh-huh. They're just songs. Howard, uh, Howard Ashman he pulled from, like, rather than it being, like, an operatic mm-hmm. sort of format, he pulled from Broadway and kind of implemented that way of storytelling into the movies. Right, and that's, yeah, like, yeah. kind of where the Disney Renaissance came from, as far as I understand. Like, that's yeah. definitely part of the reason why those movies were so successful. Mm-hmm. And Beauty and the Beast was his last movie that he worked on before he passed away of AIDS, which is, like, right. really sad. Uh, some of his songs were uh, also included in Aladdin apparently i'm looking at the wikipedia entry now uh gotcha. he also did little shop of horrors with alan Menken uh in That's the cool. 80s which is really cool um yeah he was really young when he died he was only 40 which is man that sucks um, that sucks so bad so uh katzenberg was forced to resign from his position because of all the tension between him and eisner and disney and katzenberg frustrated was just going through a real like angsty teen rebellious punk <laughs> screw the man kind of phase because I of this. you say scrooge mcduck kind of phase <laughs> and i was like yeah we've all been there i guess <laughs> what? we've all been a little capitalist <laughs> um, we've all been voiced by david Tennant at some point <laughs> um so he goes off and forms uh dreamworks skg with filmmaker Steven Spielberg and record executive David Geffen. They are the S and the K and the G of SKG. Um, Cool. And uh, they go off to produce the movie Ants uh, to compete with uh, the movie A Bug's Life, which was originally called Bugs, (laughs) apparently. Oh my god, that's really funny. So Ants was gonna compete with Bugs. (laughs) Ants life. (laughs) Yeah, um... (laughs) Uh, also, Ants was really pushed, uh, the animators and team behind Ants were pushed really heavily to uh, finish the film before uh, A Bug's Life was released. So it was released just a month in October, uh, bef- just a month before the release of A Bug's Life that November. Uh, yeah, yeah. And also, uh, 
it did not <laughs> it did not do as well as a bug's life financially um but you i think you sent me a screenshot of like one of the characters like recently mm-hmm. it's they look busted as fuck. It's yeah. like a really the the character designs are like really bad. They were they were intentionally modeled to look like the actors uh, who were portraying them. So uh, Sylvester Stallone's character looks kind of like Sylvester Stallone, and Woody Allen's character kind of looks like Woody Allen, and that's not great. <laughs> I they think would do the same that... thing a few years later with Shark Tale, which was also a mistake. <laughs> I think that that design choice is cool but i feel like it usually only works very well with 2d animation yes because there's too much uncanny valley when it's cgi because it looks like it actually exists in space yeah and it's like huh i hate that that sucks there's something kind of similar that brad bird did with the incredibles uh there's a sort of a cameo towards the end of uh have you ever heard of the uh i think they're the 10 old men or something like that or the 11 old men 12 Angry Men? I think that might be it. The movie? No, never mind. Okay. Uh, so there, it was a team of, like, Disney animators from, like, the 50s and 40s and 60s uh, who were really influential in uh, Disney's early uh, films. Uh, and at the end of The Incredibles, uh, there are two old men who say, like, hey, there's, there's no school like the old school or whatever. Yeah, uh, I remember that. That's two of the... Uh, like uh old men i'm let me look up what they were called because i know they weren't called like the the 10 old men or whatever (laughs) the old dudes yeah yeah 12 angry men was definitely a movie about like nine old nine old men nine old men that's funny yeah uh they were walt disney's core animators uh some of whom later became directors who created uh some of disney's most famous anime cartoons uh from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs onward to the Rescuers, and were were referred to as such by Disney himself. That's funny. Yeah. Um, Twelve Angry Men was a movie about a bunch of dudes arguing uh, and being on jury duty. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but yeah, so that's them, and they're like, they're sort of like they fit in with the animation style, and like they're kind of caricatures, and like they were yeah, they're like, stylized. Yeah, so like that is a lot better looking than just hey let's slap woody allen's actual face onto a horrible cgi ant hey yeah let's yeah let's make this ant look like gene hackman (laughs) yeah it's famous character actor christopher walkinson you're an ant now there's um it's like yeah that's a terrible design choice it's so great that nobody just put cgi actor faces on characters anymore god i'm glad that that's not a thing anymore the trailer for Cats 2019 just dropped. I'm mad about it. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's well, horrendous. I was talking to my mom about it earlier, and she is the first person I've seen who is on board with it. I've seen so many people on my Twitter I've, that are, like, losing yeah. their shit. I'm you, like, why? You say that there are people who are, like, on board with it. I've seen no one who's on board with it. I've only seen people who are like, this is ugliest sin. It's, like, people that are fans of the original, too. Mm. But from, like, what I understand, Cats was not great, actually. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a cult classic. So maybe the fact that it's weird and off-putting is, like, actually very on-brand. But still, like... Yeah. At least have some passion in the designs. Yeah, God. Like, anything. Like... I don't know. Like, naked Taylor Swift cat with a collar is, like... 
really uncomfortable to Apparently, look at. Apparently, that's not Taylor Swift. Like, the white, the main, like, white cat isn't Taylor Swift. What? Yeah. Who is it? It's, like, some, like, I don't know, just some actress. I think she might be, like, from, like, the original show. I'm not for sure. They definitely made it seem like that was Taylor Swift. Yeah. I'm pretty uh, sure they announced her name first when they were showing the cast list. Yeah. Uh, no, it's... I I think that's... I don't know who that is. I, I'm looking at this cast list, and it's like... Their names are all, like, garbage names. They're so stupid! God, I forgot Idris Elba was in this. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Who does he play? I'm curious. He's McCavity. Oh, he's the thief, I think. Cool. Uh, Gus the old... theater cat. Who plays Old Deuteronomy? Is that Serene McKellen? Deuteronomy. No, that's... Old Deuteronomy is Judy Dench. <laughs> Dame Judy Dench herself. Oh, Okay. Okay, no, okay. Ian McKellen is Gus the Theater Cat. He, that one looks like Ian McKellen. <laughs> yeah, it's straight up just Ian McKellen, McKellen mm -hmm. and they put some fucking cat ears on him. Rebel I am Wilson not... is Re Rebel Wilson is Jenny Annie Dots. Jenny Annie Dots, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. James Corden, Mr. Carpool Karaoke, is Bustopher Jones. <laughs> that one's really funny. Who plays Rum Tum Tugger? Is that Jason Derulo? Oh, that's a good question. Yes! <laughs> Yeah, I thought so. That's so funny. I think Rum Tum Tugger is, like, the coolest character. I have not seen Cats. I am not familiar I with it. Okay, I, I thought you were going to say it's the coolest name, and I was like, that is most certainly not true. Rum no. Tum Tugger is the dumbest name I've heard in my entire life. I gotta say, Buster for Jones is pretty good, actually. It I'm makes like, me think uh, of Buster Rhymes. Yeah, yeah, or, like, Bustin' makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> the cat. Busted makes me feel good. God. I want to get a cat, name it Bustopher Jones, and then just call it Bust. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about cats. I did a cursory Google search when the trailer dropped, so I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just... I didn't even watch the trailer because I don't care. I am curious. I, it makes I'm me... not curious enough. It honestly makes me curious about the source material, not this movie, which is probably good. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about yeah. cats. We're not here to talk about cats. We're here to talk about Disney and their long series of mistakes in the late other, 90s, early 2000s. Other bad CGI things. Uh, Ants and a Bug's Life come out, uh, and Shrek is also a huge middle finger to Disney as a brand. Uh, Mr. Shrek. Mr. Shrek. And uh, there, there's some other movies from this era uh, of DreamWorks that are kind of, like, almost nods almost unintentional or maybe intentional nods to Katzenberg leaving Disney. Like, there's a lot of, like, overthrowing a tyrannical government plots in early DreamWorks <laughs> movies. Which really I funny. feel like might <laughs> be Katzenberg almost doing a self-insert of how he sees himself at Disney. Yeah, kind of like um, a martyr thing. Kinda, yeah. Um, I, I just really think that's funny. interesting. But either way, so, because of them firing Katzenberg, he goes off and creates DreamWorks, which ultimately makes leads way to Disney's one of Disney's first real rivals. Because Warner Brothers Animation, like, was was not really a rival <laughs> to Disney, uh, yeah. At this time, and neither were any of uh, Don Bluth had only 
released like one successful movie uh that decade <laughs> disney um, like was already a monopoly at this point exactly and that's, like and, so ridiculous and sad and, yeah and them firing katzenberg create made it so they weren't a monopoly briefly in animation which i think is very interesting because but dreamworks is still up there like now Dream- currently. oh yeah dreamworks is still up there and dreamworks also like paved the way for a lot of other you know uh teams like blue sky and uh what was it like a uh, uh, illumination Ill- illumination eventually yeah and you uh, like hate that one don't you you hate i hate illumination. illumination so much i i don't hate any animation company i think except for illumination i i oof the because it's everything that people complain about with DreamWorks of like, oh, it's just lazy animation and like, you know, pop culture references and fart jokes. Like, okay, but take all of that and remove any of the sincerity or like self-awareness that makes DreamWorks like tolerable. Yeah. Or and like, also worse animation. <laughs> yeah. Like DreamWorks is at least like pretty funny sometimes. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. my sense of humor, but I don't think that necessarily makes it not funny. It's just yeah. not necessarily stuff that I enjoy. Definitely. Um, B-movie sucks, though. I fucking hate it. Yeah. B-movie fucking sucks. It's the worst movie. But for every B-movie that Dis- uh, DreamWorks has done, there's always, like, a Prince of Egypt or a How to Train Your Dragon or a Kung Fu Panda or a Madagascar. Like, a really genuinely good movie. Yeah. Madagascar was, like, one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. I thought it was, yeah. like pretty funny and good yeah it's really funny um so back at pixar uh back at disney and pixar work begins on toy story 2 which is originally conceived and planned as a direct-to-video movie uh but disney uh saw some early uh, some early work on the movie and early like test screenings and stuff and they were like oh this is really good like we should put this in like the cinema we should just make this like the official like theatrical sequel to toy story yeah and you know what we should have it release in 1999 at thanksgiving here's the thing here's the problem with that because a bug's life was due out thanksgiving 1998 Hmm. and 300 of their 500 employees were already working on a bug's life so a lot of pixar were really unsure of like Okay, so are we working on both movies, or are we just working on A Bug's Life? Do you have this handled, Disney, or do you have Toy Story 2 handled, or we have to do it? Because I don't know if we can do this. Yeah. <laughs> because that only leaves 200 of us to make an entire movie in a year. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so, uh... I'm glad, that they, I'm glad that they liked Toy Story 2 so much, because it fucking slaps. It's a good movie. Oh, yeah, it's a... It's a fantastic movie. It's honestly my favorite of the Toy Story movies. I haven't seen Toy Story 4 yet, but I think Toy Story 2 is the best one. Might be my favorite Pixar movie. It's up there with The Incredibles, definitely. You know what? I think I I liked Toy Story 2 better than the first one as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Might have been because the animation was better, but... Yeah, the first one is uh, is a really good, funny comedy, but the second one I I think plays a lot better with the emotions and the scene where, like, Woody, like tells his friends to like go home without him or whatever and he like looks back at the tv and like the woody puppet is singing you've got a friend in me or whatever it's like oh that's a that's one of my favorite scenes in any animated movie ever the the song where jesse is singing about her like previous owner 
Oh my! I cry every time. Oh my it's god! So my good. mom, my mom, like had that on like a playlist or whatever, and it came on, and I was Sarah like Sarah McLaughlin song. Yeah. Yeah, I was like singing along to it, and I was like, I got choked up, just like yeah, coming along to this song. It's so sad. It's so like, depressing. Holy shit! Yeah, and it's like such a brutal and like very like personal scene. Oh, and, God. like, I feel like everybody kind of has the, the worry of, like, being replaced and, like, people yeah. forgetting about you and, like, I and don't it's know, like, it's real hey, sad. And it's like, hey, guess what, idiot? You did this to your toys when you were a kid. Yeah, You're a terrible honestly, person. <laughs> I honestly didn't have that much of a bond with my toys when I was a kid, so I never felt guilty watching oh, Toy I, Story. I, I felt guilty after watching Toy Story because it made me realize I'm terrible. I, I still, like, every time I, like, drop, like, a stuffed animal or whatever i pick it up and like give it a little kiss and a hug and i'm like i'm sorry it's because like, it has I, a face <laughs> yeah i know i'm still like stuck in that mindset it's crazy um this is a quote from like the the co-producer of karen jackson uh the co-producer of karen jackson. what her her mom her dad her dad <laughs> you mean her parent one of her parents karen jackson the co-producer of toy story 2 uh said this about the uh the uh, stressful production of Toy Story 2. Uh, quote, When we went from a direct-to-video to a feature film, and we had limited time in which to finish that feature film, the pressure really amped up. Forget seeing your family. Forget doing anything. Once we made that decision, it was like, okay, you have a release date. You're going to make that release date. You're going to make these screenings. So That's Disney just... was already treating their employees like shit. It gets worse. That's inexcusable. Oh, it, it gets so much worse. Oh my uh, god. So Toy Story 2 is really not well regarded at Pixar, mostly because of the behind-the-scenes turmoil and stress that Disney put them through. Uh, That's fair. Yeah, but it was still a massive financial and critical success. Uh, a lot of Pixar employees uh, have said that like, if Disney like gave us more time and resources, Toy Story 2 would be an incredible perfect movie yeah but, uh they didn't so it's not yeah <laughs> it's basically the consensus there um that's also why they had to reuse a lot of assets from other movies uh i don't know if you know this but the uh the old man from the yeah who cleans up yeah, Woody. yeah yeah the old man who cleans I, up i Woody. wondered why they used him i thought it was just like uh -huh. a fun reference that's i thought it was really too but no it's because they like just we're out of time and they're like okay we just need like a fully rendered asset that we already have let's just pull this old man from the short film where he plays chess against himself it's the guy who cleans up woody uh, in toy story 2 but i feel um, like most people interpreted it as being like a cool reference or they didn't it notice too. it at yeah. all mm -hmm. a lot of uh, people like didn't know yeah so here's the part where it gets so much worse so eisner goes to tell pixar after toy story 2 is released um, that their deal was for five original features, not including sequels. Oh my so, god. So A Bug's Life is their first and only thus far of their five-picture deal. So Toy Story 2 is kind of a freebie for Disney, um, basically. Did they not pay their employees for no, it? No, they. I think they did, but they reaped a lot more of the rewards for Toy Story 2 than Pixar did. Um, and they were still like, you're still on the hook for four more movies. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I Eisner and Steve Jobs held a really, like, Steve Jobs was 
furious about this, uh, and rightfully so. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, also, Eisner's uh, reasoning behind five original movies, not not including sequels, uh, was that it would make for five new sets of characters for theme parks and merchandise. So Fuck he's going... Him. He's going all out on the on the whole uh, capitalism uh, thing. Yeah, the whole monopoly situation. Oh um, my god, these people are evil. So years pass, uh, and in January two thousand four, just months before The Incredibles was due out, Steve Jobs announces that after ten months, ten entire months of negotiating, Pixar would not renew their agreement with Disney. And would seek out other distributors starting in 2006 after the release of Cars, which would be their last film with Disney. Eisner and the rest of Disney were very upset that the negotiations have gone this poorly. No offense, but how the fuck can you be surprised? Oh, uh, absolutely. Like, like, what? (laughs) You'd think, so this was around the time that Disney was not doing very well, like... Critically, commercially, most of their movies between 2000 and 2004, when this happened, they were not critical and commercial successes. It's like Atlantis, Dinosaur, Emperor's New Groove, uh, Fantasia 2000, Brother Bear, uh, Home on the Range. The only one that came out in that time frame uh, that was a commercial and critical success was Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, yeah, that was, like, the only one that did well at all. Yeah, and, like... Which sucks, because all of those movies are, like, kind of pretty well-regarded now. Yeah. Uh, Treasure Planet, uh, was Disney's, and I think still remains Disney's biggest financial bomb. Uh, and that also came out around, around the same time. So you would think that it would be in Disney's best interest to, like, keep Pixar on board as, like, a good source of revenue. Yeah, and, like, Um, concede to their terms. Yeah, like, just like, okay, we're not doing so hot right now, so you go ahead and make as many movies for us as you want. We'll agree to most of your terms within reason, but, you know, go off. But no. Yeah, Disney is, like, like, super not in the the, uh, place to be negotiating. No. Um, So, John Lasseter, who at this point is the executive producer of Pixar, he directed Toy Story 1 and 2 and A Bug's Life, uh, he's, because Disney now owns the rights to all of Pixar's characters that they've created for Disney, um, he's really worried about, like, what's gonna happen to them, and, like, what Disney's gonna do with them, and he had to announce what happened, uh, that the negotiations fell through, uh, in a meeting with over 800 Pixar employees, saying tearfully, quote, it's like you have these dear children, and you have to give them up to be adopted by convicted child molesters. Yeah, that sucks. Which is... Not the best Not the best way to put that, no. Especially from John Lasseter. Uh, He's bad, right? Like, he did some shit. What did he do? He's sexually harassing his co-workers. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. uh, Every man man in Hollywood should just, like, burn it down, start over. There's, like, a term uh, at Pixar called the Lasseter, which is, like the movement that female employees had to make to, like, uh, so they wouldn't be, like, touched in a weird way by Lassiter. Oh my god, what? So, like, yeah, so, like, if a woman, like, did, like, a sort of a jerk, like, hey, John, how's it going? You know, like, sort of, like, a a twist so that he wouldn't, like, touch their butt or whatever, they'd be, someone would be like, you just pulled the Lassiter. 
Oh my god. The fact like, that that's how few... bad it is. The fact that this dude has a term made up to describe sexual harassment from him. Right? Why is everyone in Hollywood evil and bad? What the hell? Speaking of evil and bad, Disney created Circle 7 Animation in 2005 to produce sequels to Disney-owned Pixar movies, such as Toy Story, The Incredibles, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, etc., so this so they basically make fake pixar yeah in order to make pixar movies to fool the general public into thinking oh these are it's pixar let's let's go see the new pixar movie oh my god really that's so funny yeah and uh so circle seven worked on early drafts for uh finding nemo uh yeah finding nemo 2 toy story 3 and Monsters, Inc. 2, Lost in Scaradice, which is such a good title. I'm sure curious about it. Well, we do have some details, <laughs> which That's we'll get good. to. Um, so, Cir- uh, uh, the plan was... Cirque du this, Soleil, yeah. <laughs> this boggles my mind. This absolutely just... This is absurd to me. The plan was that Circle 7 would release one Pixar sequel every year for the foreseeable future. So every year, there is a Toy Story or a Monsters, Inc. or a Finding Nemo or an Incredibles or a Cars or a Bug's Life or whatever. That's just how it is now. Not with those movies, but there's it's all re- sequels and remakes. So like Yeah, but like only of those of those five movies that is weird that's it It, that's so crazy to me like you don't think people are gonna fucking notice and here's the thing each of them has a budget of you know what no no no. you tell me we, we played this game last episode you tell me what you think the budget of these movies were i'm not very good at budget um mm-hmm. stuff with movies just, just remember not, like, that uh the care bears movie was two was two million was it two million for the first one and it got mm-hmm. back a shit ton yeah um and two million's low oh That's it's like, real low real like, low like an independent rom-com today is like 15 million so i want to say for these sequels i'm gonna go i'm gonna lowball it but I'm also gonna choose like a pretty like solid benchmark number. I'm gonna go with ten million. One hundred million. Hundred million each. Each. A hundred million each. That's a lot. Toy, Toy Story One was made for thirty million. What do they need all that money for? I don't know. And here's what? the thing. So Catering? remember. <laughs> It's all catering. (laughs) Remember, Pixar had 800 employees. Circle 7 Animation has 168. Not 168,000, 168. This sounds like a money laundering scheme. It sounds like a... Yeah, right, exactly. This sounds like bad. (laughs) Toy Story 3 was slated for a 2008 release, uh, and it was going to be directed by Bradley Raymond who'd previously directed Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World, Hunchback of Notre Dame 2, and The Lion King 1 and a Half. 
Lion King one and a half slaps. The oh, other it's good. two, I liked it. I liked it as a kid. I haven't seen it in a long time. Oh, well, so Lion King, Lion King one and a half's fun, but like the other two, no. The like, other two, like uh, he would later go on to direct uh, the first two Tinkerbell direct to DVD movies. Hmm. So like his only noteworthy work with Disney is direct to DVD Disney sequels. Oh. <laughs> I just look up and you're just chugging <laughs> away <laughs> like a like a baby at a at a at a breast. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Stop and also die. So we have some some plot details of these uh of these movies. Of Make these a sequels. Disney movie about this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, god. This is this is more interesting than Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> so, who Toy will be Story the th- next who will be the next um Roy Disney? <laughs> god. Uh Toy Story 3 uh was originally going to revolve around uh, a mass Buzz Lightyear recall. Um so Andy's mom would have sent uh, a malfunctioning Buzz Lightyear back to his manufacturer in Taiwan, uh, assuming that he was going to be, uh, uh, what's the thing, repaired. Uh, but it was actually going to be destroyed and replaced. And so all the toys uh, go with him to Taiwan to like save him. And they would, uh, they would meet some new characters along the way, uh, including uh, Apology Bear, who is a, a Care Bears with who's a Care Bear with like a, a malfunctioning voice box? Uh, there's a character named uh, Hansy Hansy Hans or Hansy Hands. Oh, I hate that. He's like a he's like a, a plush toy who's also a Swiss Army knife. Uh, which it, it sounds like a real Island of Misfit Toys from Rudolph situation. It sounds like Sid's toys that he made bad Kinda, yeah. on purpose. Who the fuck makes a Swiss Army knife toy? That's like, what? Yeah. Also, I don't know. for the record, to my knowledge, Care Bear toys never had voice boxes in them. Yeah, but it's like a, a Care Bear's knockoff called Apology Bear. Gotcha. Like it's like a um, what's the word? Like a royalty free, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, care bear like a message Um, bear the ones with the t-shirts yeah god (laughs) uh they also would have included uh a character named dax who was apparently going to be like a transformers knockoff oh hell yeah he was apparently if according to based on like his concept art his design he looked like he was going to be a higher up at star command uh, so he was going to be a part of Buzz Lightyear's, like, line of toys. But he was also going to be sort of, like, a villainous, sinister kind of situation. Okay. It seems so- like... I like sort the idea... Sort of like, idea... A, what's his face? Uh, Stinky Pete from Toy Story 2. I like the idea of a recall element, but... Yeah. It seems and, like the idea, I like the idea just, idea like, of, like, wasn't centering really it. Yeah, there. I like the idea of it centering on Buzz. Like, that's interesting. Because, like, the yeah. second movie focuses a lot on Woody. Um... But uh, uh, Monsters, Inc. Lost in Scaradice would have focused on Mike and Sully going to visit Boo for her birthday, only to find out that she's moved, and they become trapped in the human world. So they have to find a way back to Monstropolis and find Boo. Which, that sounds like a, a cute little, like, road trip kind of situation of, like, Mike and Sully stuck in, like, the human world, trying to be, like, un- undetected almost. Yeah, it sounds... 
I feel like it'd be hard to make it work, honestly. I feel like it would be hard to make it work, but it, it could be cute. Yeah, like, yeah, fun. yeah. Uh, I, I definitely want to see more of the Monsters, inc Uh, More than what we just got in Monsters, Inc. and Monsters, U. Uh, they're making another one, right? They're making, they're making like a, a TV a sh- show. Yeah, they're making the show for G- Disney Plus, but I don't want to have to get Disney Plus. Is the Just thing? <laughs> fucking watch it illegally. Yeah, you don't um, owe Disney shit. I couldn't find uh, Finding Nemo two seemed to be the one that was like the least far in development. Um, so it's it's hard to find details about it. So I can't find. I don't have any sources to back this up. I'm going off of this is what disney wiki says find okay. nemo 2 is about so take it with a grain of salt it could be total bullshit uh this could be someone's like finding nemo fanfic it's basically um, uh 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 struts like whole mm-hmm. backstory where he meets like ruby or whatever that you talked about in the land before time yeah. Two episode ruthie yeah <laughs> ruthie that's what it was yeah um so finding nemo 2 would have revealed that another of Marl and Coral's kids survived the Barracuda attack at the beginning of the first one. Um, the oh, egg just come like, on! The egg just drifted off somewhere into the into the sea. Bullshit! Um, it would have died. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so Nemo and Dory would have had to team up with the brother, uh, with the newly discovered brother, uh, to save Marlin after he's been captured, um, and guess what nemo's brother would have been named according to disney wiki bemo remy <laughs> like ratatouille it's it's him it's remy ratatouille but he's a fish now origin story it's it sounds pretty i don't know i on the one hand it seems too good to be true <laughs> but on the other hand it seems like too it seems like too specific to make up but then again like all of this is technically fan fiction since none of these were made by pixar anyway that's true it sounds like a bad movie honestly it sounds like a really lazy sequel i wasn't even a big fan of finding dory but this sounds way worse (laughs) i've heard it was cute but probably finding dory's fine it's it's probably unnecessary it's yeah it's pretty much just did you see finding nemo did I see finding? Yes. It's it's that, but Dory. It's that, but with more Dory. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> That's basically the idea of it. Oh, when there's an octopus, but he's kind of mean, but he's not mean. I he's am very mean. familiar with Hank, actually. Um, okay. Because uh, I animated an octopus in my stop motion class. Oh, okay. And I had to build a puppet, and one of the um, reference videos that we used was a, the scene of Hank moving around and shit mm-hmm. um, in, like, the lab? Like, he jumps out of yeah. the tank, and he's, like, wandering around. Uh, my my partner and I, for that project, we used that as, like, a, uh, a reference for, like, how we would move it and, like, how we would... Um, construct the puppet for like the short film that we did it's actually on the youtube channel it's called uh fuck damn what is this it's called it's called fuck it's called comfort zone that that short film that i did with my my friend kulani is on our uh youtube channel actually if you anyone wants to check it out it's cool i'm like pretty happy with it yeah i did a lot of animating with like puppets and fabric which i hadn't done before but it was really fun i really enjoy working with fabrics yeah um so Animators across the industry were really unhappy with Disney's decision to go this route. Um, 
instead of just agreeing to Pixar's terms. Um, so they went so far as to call Circle 7 animation Pixarnt. That's really funny. Oh, shit. <laughs> so good. Oh, shit. Owned. <laughs> totally, totally owned them. Ooh, that's sick Pixarnt. burn. I love Pixarnt so much. That's really good. <laughs> I think it's so funny. <laughs> um, so, uh, Pixar animators uh, have said over the years that they have nothing against any of the employees who worked at Circle 7, but they had everything against Disney at the time, which is entirely fair. Yeah, 100%. So there was uh, a vote carried out at Disney uh, whether or not to keep Eisner on board. Because between losing Pixar, between, yeah, losing Pixar, losing Katzenberg, and who went on to start their biggest rival at the time, DreamWorks, and uh, also, like, the recent decline in their animation, in their animated movies, everyone was like, man, Eisner kind of sucks at this whole CEO thing. Yeah. Uh, And there was a vote that was carried out whether or not he would be, he would remain as a CEO. The votes were not in his favor, and he resigned before anything could be carried out, basically. Dang he resigned dong. before he could be fired. Uh, and Ding was dong, replaced. the witch is dead. Yeah, he was resi- Yeah, he was succeeded by the current CEO of Disney, Bob Iger, uh, who would later go on to help, who, who would later go on to make Disney the monopoly that it is today, with them buying Marvel, Lucasfilm, and so on and so forth. Um uh, Bob Iger re-entered negotiations with Pixar, and they reached a purchase. A purchase? Uh, a, a $7.4 billion purchase in 2006, right before the release of Cars. Um, Steve Jobs became a Disney board member at this point, and Lasseter uh, was really, really happy to be working with Disney again. Uh, so Circle 7, the Circle 7 team, they thought that this meant that they would continue with Toy Story 3 as planned, with Pixar helping out to, like, uh, assure, you know, quality assurance, help, you know, with the animation, and, like, oh, can you help us with this, you know, give it that little, that Pixar touch, you know? Yeah, Um, yeah. That didn't happen. Mm. uh, In any, just in the slightest. Uh, In May 2006, all 168 Circle 7 employees were called into a meeting with the higher-ups, and they found out that the entire division was being canned. Uh, so all the employees returned to their offices at 11 a.m., and they got drunk. <laughs> oh, my God. That sucks. The animation industry, it's, like, so disheartening to hear literally anything about the industry because it sucks so bad. Yeah. Like, this is what I want to do with my life, and it's just awful. Uh-huh. It's, like, just completely crazy. Um, uh, Finding Nemo and WALL-E director Andrew Stanton, uh, who also works at Pixar doing other stuff, uh, has stated that they actively avoided reading the script uh, for the Circle 7 version of Toy Story 3 when Pixar eventually got around to making their own version. Yeah, that's although good. There, although there are some pretty noteworthy similarities in the plot, uh, like Buzz Lightyear malfunctioning and needing to be manually reset... There's, there's also a bit in uh, uh, Circle 7's Toy Story 3 that involved, like, the toys being locked up in cages. Uh, there's also a bit of, like, you know, the 
the villain reveal of like, oh, it's the toy that we were friends with, but he turned out to be bad. Oh yeah, Optimus Prime. Yeah, was gonna be basically the Lotso bear of uh, the original Toy Story three. No, 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 no. Lotso was voiced by Peter Cullen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's that's why I made that. That's actually joke. really funny because the the Transformer character was gonna be the villain of the original Toy Story three. Yeah, that's that is really funny. That's but... a really that's an interesting little coincidence. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was it was Mister Mister Prime, Mister Prime uh, himself. Yeah. Wow. Uh, this is. This is mentioned in uh, the video I mentioned up top uh, by Mr. Sunday Movies. There was an anonymous source that theorized that Circle 7 was formed basically as an expensive and elaborate bluff by Disney to get Pixar back to negotiating. I uh, honestly wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, the uh, saying, quote, that studio is never going to finish a single frame of animation. It's all just an elaborate setup to get uh, Pixar back to the negotiating table. And that may be true, but they that... did, however, finish some frames of animation. Uh, there, uh, you can find this all online. There's a frame of Buzz Lightyear in Taiwan, a fully rendered 3D model of Emperor Zerg, and there's some test animation uh, of Tom Hanks's uh, There's No Crying at Baseball line. You know, are you crying? There's no crying in baseball! Uh, from A League of Their Own, uh, where he's like... It's it's Woody yelling that at like a uh uh what's it like one of the little alien uh, toys. Oh, I feel like I remember hearing about that. That's funny. Yeah, there's like some test footage of that uh, that was done by Circle Seven. You can find this online. Uh, so this is sort of a, a bit of a long where are they now uh situation. Uh, to wrap things up, Pixar has a very good working relationship with Disney right now. Uh, Michael Eisner went on to form uh, a venture capital investment firm uh, called the Tornante Company, which produces BoJack Horseman and Tuca and Birdie for uh, for Netflix. Really? That's, like, kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, he, like, he kind of sucks, but that's, like, cool, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, they re- they're releasing uh, BoJack Horseman seasons one and two on DVD and Blu-ray, uh, and apparently Michael Eisner does like joins in on some commentary tracks, which is absolutely like crazy to me that like the C the former CEO of Disney for like decades is just like gonna be talking over Will Arnett the depressed horse. Yeah, he's just chilling, <laughs> hanging out with Mr. Bo. Yeah, with <laughs> Mr. Jack. With like Will Arnett and like Raphael Bob Waxberg or whatever, and it's just like, hey, so this back when I worked at Disney and they're just gonna be like, oh, that's cool. So this episode is the one where uh, Bojack drinks and is really sad. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> a riveting story. <laughs> unlike every, <laughs> unlike anything I've ever seen. Unlike every other episode. Yeah, God. Oh, God. Uh, John Laster, as we uh, mentioned earlier, he was let go from Disney and Pixar amid sexual harassment allegations. Um, oh, I didn't know he was actually let go. I thought he was oh, still yeah. kicking. That's good. No, he was uh, put on basically, like, suspended leave or whatever. Oh, he's listening in. I asked Tyler to turn the AC on, but I don't think that happened. Uh, okay. Hold on. Um, Babe! T- Will you turn on the AC? Sorry. 
Sorry for your editing later, by the way. Yeah, God. <laughs> You're fine. Doesn't oh, yeah, look what I'm drawing. Hours. Oh! Oh, good! Leo's drawing, uh, Bean and Bark. That's good. Love them. B and Movie. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um... He was uh sus he was suspended for a bit, but then he came back and then he uh uh officially like left. Um like a few years like a year or so ago. Uh he's recently joined up with Skydance Animation, uh as the head of animation, which prompted a lot of uh disapproval from contributors and uh the resignation of actress Emma Thompson from the animated movie Luck. Yeah. Um, she was going to be voicing in that, but she is not anymore because John Lasseter's involvement. Uh, 136 employees of Circle 7's original 168 were absorbed into Walt Disney Animation Studios and have worked on films uh, including Bolt and Tangled. Uh, so, they, they got some work. Yeah, Bolt. Some of them have a half, happy ending, but... Mm. Only the people that were in charge of all of this bullshit really got happy endings, which fucking That's sucks. True. Yeah. The people that actually put forth like the effort into animating and shit and were the actual like backbone of these movies really didn't, and it fucking sucks. Yeah. Uh and that's also not accounting for the other thirty two animators, uh who we don't I don't know what happened to them. Uh so that sucks. Yeah, God. This is, I think, the weirdest part of the Where Are They Now uh, segment. John Jeffrey Katzenberg uh, was moved from CEO of DreamWorks Animation to chairman of DreamWorks New Media, uh, focusing on DreamWorks' interest in in a YouTube multi-channel network slash Nickelodeon sketch and hidden camera prank show, Awesomeness TV. That sounds dumb as hell before leaving the company altogether so you can go make a streaming service called Quibi which is due out in 2020 and i want to i want to go through Quibi's wikipedia article so uh we can we can discuss what Quibi is because this this is astonishing wait who who is this which which one Jeffrey of these? Katzenberg oh the dreamworks guy M Mr Dreamworks yeah Mr Dreamworks okay okay so uh, it's a, it's only on mobile for starters. Quibi is, you can watch it on a computer or a TV. It's only for your phone. Cool. Sounds great. Off to a great start. Uh, they've raised $1 billion in funding from 11 investors and all major Hollywood studios, including Walt Disney, uh, 21st Century Fox, NBC Universal, Sony Pictures Entertainment, Warner Media, Liberty Global, and alibaba group uh and here's some of the shows that will be included uh on this um seven thousand short film episodes uh each of these are about 10 minutes in length so every episode of all their shows are 10 minutes or less and the shows include chrissy's court a Judge Judy-style reality show starring Chrissy Teigen. That sounds uh, really weird. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Steven Spielberg is writing a horror series uh, called Spielberg's After Dark, which is unique 
in that you can only watch it at night. Zac Efron will star with his brother in a survival reality series called Kill the Efrons, where the pair will be sent to remote parts of the world. And Frat Boy Genius will be a drama about Snapchat and its founder, Evan Spiegel. These sound like dog shit. There's a lot more here. Uh, 50 States of Fear, a docuseries called Beauty, uh, a reality show called Elba vs. Block, which I think is, I think that means Idris Elba's on board. Um, let's see, something called Free Ray Sean, which is a thriller, uh, a, a docuseries untitled Justin Timberlake project. Cool. So I guess it's a, a concert tour with Justin Timberlake. Who cares about Justin Timberlake anymore? I don't know. Um, and a, 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 a show called Wolves and Villager. Again, each episode is only 10 minutes or less. So good luck. Yeah. Um, you can view all of these episodes only on mobile devices and viewed either horizontal or vertical. Uh, with the user able to shift uh, to one or the other within the same video. This sounds like the worst idea anyone's ever had. The fact that this dog shit can get funding is, like, so A billion dollars. So disheartening. 1.1 billion dollars. That's, like, so fucking depressing. Yeah. So this was, uh, <laughs> this was a really anger-inducing and uh depressing and sobering episode uh sorry (laughs) about that this is this is leo just like figuring out figuring out my life i guess yeah (laughs) see like um i i was again i was gonna do it on the emperor's new groove which is also a really depressing story of production turmoil and disney being a terrible company yeah um but I I heard about this, and I was just, like, enamored by its, like, stupidity. Just, like, flabbergasted by how I, horrible it was. Like, everything about it is just, like, so weird and wrong. And I wish that... It's, it's so weird. I, like... I don't know. Like, everything about it is just wrong in some way. Like... The fact that there was only 168 of them to compete with Pixar's 800. The fact that Michael Eisner, like, really screwed himself over with all of it. and Yeah. I don't know, just everything about it is just so weird. And it just intrigues me to no end. It makes and I me really... so angry and depressed. Oh, it, don't get me wrong. I'm, like, also furious. This is why I was like, I we have to record, like... We have to record. This is why I've been, like, so antsy to record. Yeah. I've just been sitting on this, like, on this, like, anger, this unbridled rage for weeks. And I just needed to release it into the wild. The wild? Yeah. Oh, man. So. Disney's a bad company. Anything that they produce, just watch it illegally. Like, I'm not even kidding. Anything that they Mm -hmm. do, just watch it illegally. Yeah. Like, you um, can, like, I'm still gonna watch DuckTales, but... Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's mm. neither here nor there. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that's... 
is that the end is that the show man i don't know what else to say honestly like (laughs) fuck this is this has been a short one damn okay yeah that's kind of what i thought as well i was thinking it was gonna be like i feel like we've been at this for a while i don't honestly usually usually i'm the one that's like yeah we've been going for a bit but no i it seemed like a relatively short and concise episode that's cool This character is hard to draw, and I don't know why. Is it Bark or Knack? No, it's Knack. I don't know why, but, like, his neck, like, chest area is hard to, like, put Uh together, and I don't know why. For those listening in, if I leave this in, uh, I recently got Leo on some obscure Sonic characters. Uh, Knack the Weasel, Bean the Duck, and, uh, Bark the Polar Bear. Uh... And he's been drawing them fervorously because we. I really want us to make a, a comic together. I don't know if Leo was joking about it, but I'm genuinely like, I want to do this with him. I am not going to put forth that much effort into this. I am not That's doing fair. a full, like, I have too much shit on my plate. But I will draw, For like, sure. fun scenarios and, like, pitch ideas back and forth and shit. Yeah. Maybe it could be a long-term project that we work on later, but I am, like, not taking oh, this no, on no, no, right no. now. I am, like, No, I am not saying, like, we need to do this now. I'm saying, like, if if we ever get the chance to hey sega can we do this we could make a pitch packet eventually that could be fun um i have to host a film festival so i can't do that (laughs) that's completely fair um so yeah what 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 am i what are we doing next time (laughs) i don't know um i have a moomin episode that i need to do but it's not ready yet so you can go next again if you want I have so many here. Yeah, you have okay. a lot in the can. That doesn't bother me at all if you want to take over for the next, yeah. like, one or so, two. Yeah, we have many options here. Uh, Emperor's New Groove, Sonic, uh, Lilo and Stitch, uh, Homestar Runner. Uh, what else is I think there? we're both, uh, like, kind of on a Sonic kick right now. I think Sonic would be a good episode to do. Because I actually, like, know about Sonic to some degree. Yeah. I feel like uh, I could have more, like, I don't know actual conversation or like actual input on the subject yeah okay so i guess next time we'll be doing sonic cool cool, cool, cool. um we'll get to emperor's new groove eventually when i've like when, I, when i've calmed down a bit because i'm just so angry <laughs> about yeah, this Disney honestly thing. with with these deep dive episodes it's honestly just like whatever you're feeling at the time because it's hard yeah. to like force yourself to be passionate about something i mean like i'm passionate about all of these but like it's just very emotionally draining to talk about how much Disney sucks. <laughs> yeah, Disney is, like, so disappointing just all the time. Yeah. So. Oh, good lord. <sighs> so this has been Deep Dive. Sorry for, like. This has been like... Best Boys Deep Dive. Uh, sorry if this episode's been a bit, uh. I feel like we've been high energy until now. Uh, sorry that we kind of fizzled out towards the end if we did. Um. It's if, rough. Uh, it's super yeah, rough. It's... It, it's it's been a bit of a bummer episode uh so sorry about that but you know what like here here's here's a lighter note the internet is like such a big thing now like i know it's hard to get traction with like a lot of things but like people are able to get their shit out there on their own like so much more than they could have back then like if you have a story and you have something that you're really like working on and you've like really been developing like 
it's so much easier to find a way to get that out there than it was back in like the 80s where it was like okay like who do we pitch this to like you could like go to like indie developers you could try to self-publish like you can run a web comic online and have like a patreon like Mm -hmm. i think it really is genuinely easier for content creators to like make stories and like make things that like they're actually passionate about and they actually care about it's not just like i don't know just some corporation churning out bullshit to make money like I don't know. Like, I think people out there still do make really good stories. They just haven't been able to get them out yet. And, like, I think that we're working on it. And, like, I don't think... I think now is the time for people as a whole to just stop caring about Hollywood. Like, stop. Like, AAA gaming companies, Hollywood, fuck every single one of them. They don't care. They don't care about telling a good story. They don't tell... They don't care about, like, you know, teaching lessons and having, like wonderful pieces of media that people like can that resonate with people i really don't think they care anymore but Mm -hmm. people do you and i and other people like us and like students and kids and young adults and grown adults and so many people have so many wonderful stories to tell and they will they will get it out there in one way or another and i think people just need to be on the lookout for that fuck hollywood fuck disney fuck Mm -hmm. like ah like I hate, I'm so glad I'm not a video gamer because the gaming industry is, like, real bad, too. Like, trust indie developers. Trust, like, down-to-earth fucking people making stories that they love. Like, trust that. Believe in that. Don't believe in Disney. Fuck Disney. Mm -hmm. That's my two cents. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's very telling that whenever Pixar does make a sequel to something, except for, I would say, Cars 2, um... It's always because they have, like, a genuine passion for the characters in the story, and they have, like, a really honestly true and good idea for a new story with these characters and this world. And I think that's why Brad Bird took so long to make another Incredibles movie after the first one, because he was like, no, I'm just going to wait until I'm, like, feel uh, inclined to do so, as opposed to just, like, Disney, which is, you know known for shitting out direct-to-dvd sequels like the fox and the hound 2 and you know uh beauty and the beast 4 or whatever you know like um and i think this episode is pretty illuminating in that front because we because they were they were saying hey let's do toy story 3 let's do monsters inc 2 let's do finding nemo 2 before anyone had an idea for a good story for those things yeah and they did come up with some decent stories like the the toy story 3 idea is pretty good and the monsters inc 2 story is pretty fine i liked it, it. Has I, potential. I, yeah, it I, has potential i i liked i liked monsters university however oh uh, i mean monster i mean monsters uh lost in scaradice oh the ones the that they didn't idea. do oh, okay okay yeah, the, the the circle seven uh toy story 3 and lost in scaradice they both are pretty good and have a lot of potential, I think. And um, Finding Nemo too, less so. Yeah, uh, perhaps not that the, one. The one with his, the one with his long lost brother who survived or whatever. Yeah, that's dumb as hell. Yeah, like the ocean is so infinite. How are you gonna find your whatever? Anyway, that that uh, egg would have died. Like, I'm sorry, not to be oh, a downer, yeah. but it super would have died. Yeah. Um, like I, I think it's very telling that like Pixar does have like a clear passion for their ideas and stories and worlds and characters, 
and Disney's just like, hey, this is this is dollar signs. Let's let's do this. I don't this know. I don't. Bank. I think Pixar is still like also just like a giant oh, fucking no, 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 company. Of course, yeah. Okay. Like, especially at this point, like you know, it, it it is like basically Disney at this point. Honestly, but I think that the people, you know, the the people who work at Pixar, I think when they make a sequel, they do have like a genuine, honest idea for their stories, as opposed to Disney, especially from this era where they were coming up with ideas for sequels before they were coming up with sequels before they had ideas for sequels yeah exactly and they just decided hey let's we have a hundred million dollars to burn let's just throw let's just crap out a sequel to toy story so we can like one make pixar mad and two uh make more money what's the idea for toy story three they'll figure it out uh whatever we have 168 people working on this they'll 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 get an idea they'll get inspired by money eventually who are we going to direct it i just some guy just some like just some yes some guy who's like some yes man who's worked on our directed dvd crap before whatever (laughs) that's mean i'm sorry to bradley raymond he probably is not that bad or maybe he is who knows i Um, don't trust like that so uh that's completely fair. He is a man in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, where can they find you, Leo? Ugh. Where are you? I can't find you. Okay. Um, if you want to find me. Well, you're so, like, tired. Like, oh, fine. I'll let people, like, follow me on social media and validate me when I post good art. No, it's, it's, I'm just tired from this topic. Um, <laughs> Sorry. If you want to find me, you have to reach your tendrils into the internet. Now, where your tendrils oh. go is very specific. You're going to want to go to... <laughs> you're going to want to go to twitter.com. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna want to go to Gouache Boy, G O U A C H E underscore Boy at Twitter dot com. That's me. That's me on Twitter. And um, I have an art Instagram account as well. It's at G Boydles, uh, G dot B O Y D L E S. So that's where you can find me. I'm working on hmm, this some stuff. It's whatever. Nothing like. I'm drawing Sonic characters and some OCs of mine. It's nothing serious. I'm just having fun. It's summer vacation. I'm just drawing. Hell yeah. Y'all can find me by typing uh, uh, Grinch underscore fat into Twitter and Instagram. You don't have to do anything with your tendrils. Keep them to yourself. Um, I recently made a DeviantArt. uh, Oh, sick. Uh, for oh. things oh. for for naughty things i'm not gonna say what it is cool cool i because... made a deviantart too actually i haven't put anything on it uh-huh it's mostly just a place to store concept art mm-hmm. i actually also uh got uh, a request <laughs> story request oh yeah 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 you told me about that that's really funny did i tell you about that you did yes oh i think you screenshot it and like sent it to me not like what you did what the person said oh yeah i, I uh haven't written it yet i should probably get on that actually oh. um he had he he gave me like two suggestions one uh was pretty up my alley it was a trans girl and i was like all right i'm good with that 
and the other one uh was like some straight crap and i was like mm, i don't know about this one and uh, he's like yeah that's fair no fucking thank you he was like hey if you're not feeling that one that's all right we'll just work with the, the other one then and if I'm you like, have people cool. like requesting writing from you you should do commissions what are you doing yeah, I'm definitely, like, gonna open up commissions. I'm definitely gonna like, charge more if they want to do a straight thing. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my God. Direct they're action. So, they're gonna be so angry. I'm really glad that you're editing this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you don't have to listen to this a second time. But, no, like, I, I think it's important that, like, uh... No, like, I get it. Yeah. Because, like, uh, it's sort of a situation of, like, look, if there isn't going to be porn of this, then I guess I'll have, just have to make it myself. Honestly, that's, like, exactly how I feel about a lot of stuff. Like, there's not a lot of Donald Duck and Daffy content. Well, guess I better draw ten sketchbook pages of it. <laughs> but, yeah, God. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm going to work on... on that thing he suggested mm -hmm. so i'll go take care of that um so yeah follow me on uh, at grinch fat on twitter and instagram follow leo at gouache boy on social on twitter and instagram uh on social twitter and instagram social twitter as opposed to anti-social twitter god uh and uh subscribe to the media cage on youtube if you have a suggestion or idea for something we can deep dive about uh feel free to leave it in a comment or slide into our dms don't be weird with leo you can be weird with me uh if you're too weird i'll block you yay